And a very pleasant good morning, everybody. It's always good to be back with you. This is the Marlins Rewind. And last night at Lone Depot Park in Miami, the Marlins and the Yankees got together for game two of their three-game weekend series. The right-hander Domingo Herman went to the mound for New York. The rookie left-hander Trevor Rogers made his 11-day layoff back to the mound. He came off the injured list last night. Seven wins, six losses, a 237 ERA, bidding for win number eight for the Marlins this season. Well, it was a well-contested ball game at Lone Depot Park tonight. Marlins fought hard, but at the end of the night, they just did not have enough offense to beat the New York Yankees. Yankees beat the Marlins by a final score of 4-2 to two here at Lone Depot Park in game two of this three-game weekend set uh, between these two ball clubs tonight. Trevor Rogers started for the Marlins, and he went opposite this evening of the New York Yankees right-hander Domingo Herman. Now, neither one of these two factored into the decision into this ballgame tonight. Neither one of them went particularly deep into this ballgame. Trevor Rogers was pitching on effectively 11 days rest. He returned from the injured list tonight after he was set back with some back spasms that knocked him out of just one start. He missed just one start, so Rogers went opposite of Domingo Herman. The Marlins looking to even this series up and one game apiece in Miami tonight. Highlights for you from this ball game. Trevor Rogers retired the side in order in the top of the first inning. The Marlins went quietly in their half of the first, but things changed rather quickly in the second tonight. The New York Yankees took a hold of a 2-0 lead, and they did so in the second. After, let's see here, uh, second inning, uh, Rizzo, Anthony Rizzo, who just had a spectacular night, was hit by a pitch to lead off the second. And then Giancarlo Stanton followed with a ringing double off the wall in left center field. There was two men on and nobody out for the second baseman, Rugnet Odor. Lefty-lefty matchup, and he's in at third. First pitch, swing and line drive, sinking fast into right field, down for a base hit. Giancarlo's going to have to hold up at third base. Lewin Diaz cuts it off near the pitcher's mound. First pitch, swing and Rugnet Odor has put the Yankees in front, 1-0. No Stanton at third at that point. Odor at first. Still nobody out in the inning. The Yankees had a 1-0 lead for Gary Sanchez. 2-1 pitch. Sanchez hammers it into right field. De La Cruz over into the corner. It's down safely. It hops over the wall. That'll bring home Giancarlo Stanton from third. Could have been more if that ball stayed and played. Odor to third. Sanchez at second. Still nobody out here in the second inning. And the Yankees now have a 2-0 lead. Well, Trevor Rogers was in all sorts of trouble, right? With Tyler Wade coming to bat and two on and nobody out. Yankees with already two home in the inning. Rogers struck out Wade looking. He struck out Domingo Herman swinging. And then he got Glaber Torres to ground out to shortstop. That ended the second inning. The Yankees had two home, two on, nobody out. They only get two there in the second. So still a manageable ball game here for Miami. Trevor Rogers went just three and two thirds in this ball game tonight. He was lifted for David Hess with two on and two out in the fourth inning. Hess went one inning tonight, allowed to hit a run. It was earned. We'll get to that in just a moment. The Marlins would pull even in this ball game in the fourth. Facing Domingo Herman. This would be his last inning in this ball game. Miguel Rojas singled the lead off to fourth. Anderson and Lewin Diaz followed with a strikeout and a pop-out to the third baseman, Tyler Wade. But Alfaro came to bat with Miggy Rowe on second base with two outs in the fourth. 
Portland's trailing by two. Two balls and a strike to count. Alfaro swings, hits one in the air. Left center field, sinking fast into the gap. Judge is going to have to play it on a hop. Marlins are on the board with two outs here in the fourth inning. Alfaro hammers it around second, headed towards third, slides in safe at third base. Alfaro's off the bag. A throw comes back in towards third. The ball got loose over at third. It bounced off the camera well railing directly back to the bag at third. It's a triple and an RBI with two outs for Jorge Alfaro. It's a 2-1 Yankees lead here in the fourth. And the hustle and the two-out RBI triple for Alfaro would pay off when Brian De La Cruz was stepping into the box. Pitches up and in. It goes to the backstop. Here comes Alfaro. The ball game is tied. That ball nearly hit Brian De La Cruz. I don't know if they'll go wild pitch or pass ball, but the effort in the hustle by Jorge Alfaro pays off. And it's 2-2 here in Miami. Marlins, Yankees in the bottom of the fourth. Well, it would indeed result in a wild pitch, and Jorge Alfaro manufacturing two runs there in the fourth inning. He uh, did some heavy lifting offensively with the RBI triple. Uh, the hustle two-third on his triple resulted in a wild pitch, and this ball game was tied up at two apiece, but not for long. In the top of the fifth inning, uh, David Hess was out there for Miami, and Anthony Rizzo led off the fifth with a single, Giancarlo Stanton followed with a walk, and then Rugnetto Dor came to bat. He hit a fly ball to left field for out number one. Gary Sanchez struck out looking for out number two, and then Tyler Wade was intentionally walked. Hess was then removed. Anthony Bender came on. The bases were loaded, and there were two outs for the pinch hitter, Gio Urshela. First pitch goes to the backstop. Alfaro can't hang on to the baseball. Should be a wild uh, pass ball. And the New York Yankees have a 3-2 lead. Well, and they ended up going wild pitch. Regardless, it's semantics at that point. Ball went to the backstop. The Yankees took a 3-2 lead. And it's a lead that they would not relinquish in this ball game tonight. Anthony Bender worked a third of an inning, did not allow a run. Zach Pop came on, and he worked a scoreless sixth inning. And Stephen Okert came on for the eighth, uh, the seventh and the eighth innings in this ball game tonight. The first man he saw in the seventh was Anthony Rizzo. Here's a pitch and a ball is hammered deep to right field. If it's fair, it's gone. It is long gone. His second in as many games as a member of the New York Yankees. And the Yankees have a 4-2 lead here in the top of the seventh inning. It was one of the longest home runs I've personally ever seen hit here at the ballpark. That was directly down the right field line. I think they said it only traveled 410 feet, but it was still going up when it was going out. And I believe, we believe, the ball might have ended up on the concourse on the promenade level. There's a, a smidge of uh, real estate between the upper tank and right field and the foul pole and a big concrete pillar. I think it snuck through everything and went to the promenade level. Yankees had a 4-2 lead after 6.5 at the recess and at the 7th inning stretch, and the Marlins couldn't muster anything after that. They went quietly in the 7th and 8th innings. In fact, at one point, with Lucas Litke on the mound, the Marlins, after a leadoff double by Lewis Brinson in the 5th inning, went 1-2-3, 4-5-6, 7-8-9, 10-11-12, 13. 
18 consecutive batters did not get anything done. It was not until Jonathan Loizaga came on for his third career save, his third save this season for the New York Yankees in the top of the ninth inning. Brian Anderson singled with one out. And then with Lewin Diaz batting, he hit a soft ground ball out towards second. They were playing Lewin Diaz to pull. So it was Torres that fielded the ball. He tagged Brian Anderson, but what we didn't see at the time, and Anderson recognized immediately, was that Torres tagged Anderson on his left shoulder with his glove, but the ball was in his right hand. So they went to replay review and said Anderson can stay at second base. An out was never recorded. There was two on and one out for Jorge Alfaro, who took a 95-mile-an-hour sinker uh, right down the middle of the plate, lower third of the quadrant, and uh, right at the bottom of the zone for called strike three. And then Brian De La Cruz hit a ground ball to third base. The putout went 5-4, to four, and that ended the ball game tonight. The Yankees beat the Marlins by a final score of 4-2 to two for the Yankees in this ball game this evening. Four runs, seven hits, an error. Two runs, four hits, no errors for the Marlins, who fall to 44-60. and 60. The Yankees improved to 55-48. and 48. Lucas Litke beats David Hess. Litke now 4-1 for the Bronx Bombers. David Hess falls to 2-1. Jonathan Loizaga picks up his third save this season and his third career Major League save. Uh, just four hits for the Marlins. Rojas, Anderson, Alfaro, and Brinson all collected hits. Anthony Rizzo was 2-2 two two with three runs scored, a home run, an RBI, and two walks in this ball game tonight. He is up to his season average to 256. The lone long ball in this ball game tonight. We saw 11 different pitchers in this ballgame, six for Miami, five for the New York Yankees. Again, Litke beats Hess. Loizaga picks up the save. 25,767 in attendance here at Lone Depot Park tonight in a ballgame that took three hours in 25 minutes. The Marlins struck out six Yankees tonight. That means $150 will be donated to AutoNation's Drive Pink Initiative to fight against cancer for every strikeout this season. $25 will be donated to the Drive Pink Initiative. Yankees beat the Marlins 4-2 to at Lone Depot Park tonight. They have taken the first two games in this three-game weekend series. Well, so the Marlins fall to the Yankees 4-2 to in game two last night. It's salvage Sunday this afternoon. Coming up at 110 for Miami. Let's hear from acting manager James Rousen after the ball game. Thanks, Jason. Uh, James, just before we get to the game, just wondering what this day has been like for you as far as when you found out you'd be managing and maybe how that impacted uh, just your preparation, considering you may be in this role for several days. Yeah, well, obviously it was um, getting getting the news to managers is not the way you'd like to get it. First of all, we just want to make sure Donnie's healthy and, and can get through this stuff and return and, and get back to doing what he does. So obviously it's not the way you, you look forward to that. But once it happened, um, it was good. It was a team effort. Um, everybody got together and we just kind of picked up the slack. That's one of the good things about working with everybody as a club. Like things can move quick, but when you kind of go to each coach in their area, all these guys are prepared. We kind of talk it through. So it made it a lot easier just with the, the way these guys prepare themselves for the game. And then just with that ninth inning, you know, we thought maybe Andy would have been awarded third. Uh, looked like they said the defense was impacted by the play. Just wondering what was the explanation that you got? Um, and just your thoughts on that bottom of the ninth. Yeah, Jessica, Larry, Larry did a great job of explaining that. I just kind of went back out to find out about, because no one was covering third base on the initial play, so it looked as if no one was covering. But because the defense is impacted right there, meaning once they stop it, it's kind of hard to judge if anybody's going to go there. So at that play, the defense thinks the ball is dead as well as the offense. So it's just a fact of they, they kill it. It's hard to tell 
you know, if anybody was would have headed there. And then you're just guessing what happens in the play. So he kind of explained it that way. It made sense to me. It was tough because I thought it kind of if it went that way, maybe we were able to get it. But, you know, it didn't it didn't. Um, he, he did a good job explaining it. I will go to Jordan, the Herald. Yeah. Hey there, James. Uh, with everything that happened pregame, how much time did you have to prepare and were you able to get with the players beforehand and just give them any sort of message before the game? Um, you know, I, I had, I had, I would say adequate time in terms of um, just getting prepared and going through the routine. I mean, in my normal role, I'm still going through the same sort of preparation to some extent, getting ready for ball games and that. So I don't think that was different. It was just a little bit quicker today just because, you know, we found the information late and then we were going through some other things just to make sure everybody knew what was going on and that. So preparation was okay. I felt like we were ready to go out there for the game. I felt the players were ready. The coaches were prepared. Once again, it was really, really a great job by the coaching staff because when something like this happens, you really rely on all these guys to, to kind of know what they're doing in their area, be prepared in their space. And each one of these guys were prepared and made it a lot easier for me to go out there and be able to manage the game today. Christina? Yeah, James, uh, just maybe until Donnie is able to get back, do you guys need to bring maybe someone else to help with the coaching staff or will things kind of stay as it was today? Um, I, I think, you know, we're, we're probably going to talk about that here. I mean, obviously that's one of the things that um, we didn't get a chance to discuss, just trying to get ready for the game and those things early on. So I think um, once we get done here and, and get back, um, we'll probably have a chance to sit down and talk with our front office, talk with our group, and just find out what we think is uh, the best possible solution um, during this time that, uh, that Donnie's out. And again, hopefully uh, Donnie can get healthy and get back here soon and we can get right back to normal. And then just in regards to the game, Trevor, back from the IL, what did I guess you see from him while he was out there? Um, you know, it, it, it was good to see him out there, first of all, you know, out there doing what he does and, and he's healthy. He got through that start healthy. Um, you know, he, he's good to go. So that's a, the number one positive you take from that. Um, I talked to Stott and that was probably the most, the thing that we were most excited for um, is him to get out there, get back on the, on the mound again, throw some pitches, see how he feels coming off. So right now, all indications is everything is all good. Um, he feels good. So we know what he can do. So we're just ready to now just start getting those starts back, um, you know, in order and get him out there more regularly. And, and he'll be, he'll be, he'll keep doing what he's been doing all year long. Let's head back to Jess. Hey James, uh, just wondering with Trevor, you know, was he on a pitch count? What was kind of the plan for managing his workload with this being his first start back from the IL? Yeah, so um, you know, I talked to Stott again. He was on top of it. Raj was on a on a pitch count, and there's a lot of things that go into it. You know, there's a pitch count, and then you know, Stott is also using his eyes to see just how he's getting through innings, how he looks, how he feels, how his stuff is is holding up throughout throughout that time. So there's a pitch count, but I think there's so much more that goes into it. But he 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 had one before the game, and we felt good, you know, about him getting through as many uh, innings as he did, and, and he kind of got to that pitch count right in that area and it was good good time to get him out of the ballgame. Jordan, you had another one? Yeah, hey again, James. A uh, big picture about the offense. We've seen times this year where you guys are able to put up seven, eight, nine, ten runs, and then a lot of other times where one, two, three. Just where are you seeing – what do you think is the missing piece from that consistency aspect of the offense? You know what happens, Jordan? Um, the, the mindset is, I mean, this game is just about being relentless, you know, and, and I, t- I mean, sometimes it's tough. Sometimes you go up there and you just can't quite get it going in order. You know, you can't quite get in that sequence. You get a hit here or a hit there or a walk here, and it just seems like you can't quite 
get three or four in a row or something to kind of get it going. I mean, I don't think there's really a rhyme or reason. The key is offensively, you know, try not to press, try to keep sticking to what it is you're trying to do, have a plan up there and try to execute that plan and judge yourself on that. Um, you know, there are times where, where you just hit a ball hard at somebody right in the middle of that. Um, it's not the lucky one, but it's baseball. It's part of baseball. It happens. I mean, you also get bloopers that fall in and probably didn't deserve those hits at times. So the key to, to the offensive side of this is I tell the guys, you know, keep punching, keep plugging away. Like you, you got four bats. If the first one doesn't go well, get ready for the next one. Um, you have to have that mindset offensively. You have to be able to grind through the tough times, keep going. I like the group we have. Obviously, the group's a little bit different at this point. Um, some of those younger guys right now that are getting some opportunities, um, you want them to just keep fighting. The only thing you look at every day is that they fight and they battle every at-bat. As long as they're doing that, you live with the results. You stay behind them because you know eventually this talent will play and these guys will get, out, get after it and do what they can do. And you kind of touch on the question I wanted to follow up with. With the younger guys, Lewin Diaz, Jesus Sanchez, when he comes back, some of the new guys you got at the trade deadline, with two months to be able to get a sample size of them, hopefully on a consistent basis, what specifically are you going to look for when these guys are up at the plate? Um, I think I'm, I'm going to look for a lot of the same things we talked through. Um, we're looking at being able to get a good pitch and hit the ball hard consistently. I mean, we try to keep it simple, right? We want to swing at the strikes and take some balls. It sounds Sounds like it's one of those things, yeah, that's, that's common sense. But obviously, we know in a major league game with the way the ball moves and, and different things happen, you know, it's not as easily done as we say it. But that's the goal. We're trying to get these guys to have a consistent plan every time they go to the plate. And that's, and that's what you're reaching for. Just because you have a plan doesn't mean you're always going to execute or always succeed. But it starts with having an idea of what you want to do. Once you do that, it's easier to go back and now – analyze your bats and see what you need to do, see what adjustments you need to make. Um, you know, did the starting pitcher throw a pitch or did that pitcher throw a pitch in the area that you could drive it? Did he make pitches? Did you help him out? Um, you go back and you analyze once you can uh, look at your bat and say, did I follow my plan? Then you can actually analyze your plan. But without a plan, everything else is just kind of guessing through the bats. And we're trying to make sure these younger guys for the remainder of this time, every time they go up there is to establish a plan, know what you want to do, go into the plate. And then we'll be able to talk through that at bat uh, later on that day, the next day or during the game and see how well we were able to execute. Christina, you have another one? Yeah, James, a question we always seem to ask Donnie, maybe you have the answer, a Sunday starter for us by any chance? <laughs> um, you know what? I, I don't have the answer for you right now. No, we're going to, uh, obviously we're going to go back and talk about that. So once, once we're done here, I'm, I'm going to have an opportunity to go back and sit and talk with the group and then, We'll probably um, be able to get that out. But right now, I, I don't know who it is. But at some point, you guys will know. <laughs> sorry, right. I could, sorry, I couldn't give you an answer on that one. <laughs> Jessica and wraps up. Yeah, last one for me. Thanks so much. Uh, James, the first two games of this series, they've been close. They've been competitive, kind of similar to that Padres series. And then you guys were able to break it open. What are you kind of looking for tomorrow in the series finale to maybe end the series with some success? Uh, like I said earlier, like the message is keep punching, keep fighting. Um, that's what you do. I mean, you're going in against a really good ball club across the field every day. And it, it's, you know, it's a fist fight, you know, I mean, they're punching and we're punching. And, and the first couple of games here, they were able to land a couple more punches, but I think, you know, we stayed in the fight with them. We battled all day long. Our group fought, never gave up right down to that last out. It was, it was I was pumped up to watch them continue to keep going. So, that's our goal tomorrow. We're going to keep fighting. And if we keep doing that, we're going to end up on the positive side of some of these games against really good teams. But the message doesn't change. It's go up there, get a good pitch, hit the ball hard. And, and from the pitching standpoint, it's go out there, 
you know, control the zone, dominate the zone, and, and force those guys to, um, you know, miss some pitches. And we'll force offensively, we'll force, we'll hit some pitches hopefully, and um, get a win. But the goal is to just keep fighting. I was acting manager James Rousen after the Miami Marlins 4-2 loss to the New York Yankees last night. With the loss, the Marlins fall to 44-60. and Yankees improved to 55-48. and It is to be determined who's on the mound for the Marlins this afternoon at 110. Montgomery will take the mound for the Yankees. We're on the air at 1240 with Marlins on deck. And as always, we hope you find some time to join us on the Marlins Radio Network, driven by AutoNation.